0: This is an SM Media production. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Rangers Assessment right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPy, it's a pleasure as always to be your host. I've got a really good panel this week and we are going to be discussing what could prove to be a pivotal weekend in the title race. First of all, it's a pleasure to welcome the special guest on tonight's episode. He's from the Rangers Journal, he's a man I've been trying to get on for a while. He's a man whose work I admire a lot. It's a pleasure to welcome onto the show, at long last, Kai Watson. It's a
1: pleasure to be on me. It's, like you said, it's been a long time coming, so good to finally get it sorted.
0: Well, that's good, mate. Glad to have you on. And it's a pleasure to welcome back onto the show. Uh, I'm I'm no guarantee, Scott, it's bigger intro because he's been on a few times in recent weeks It's a pleasure to welcome on Scott McKay Thanks very much,
2: Scott. Good to be on again, mate.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure, mate. Looking forward to that. It feels uh it feels yeah. it does feel a big weekend, obviously. We've we've got a, a lot to talk about in terms of the, the Livingston game. We'll recap the transfer window as a whole and look ahead to Wednesday, eh, Tuesday's game at against Aberdeen. But Kai I always talk about with Rangers. It's all about winning the weekend, especially if Celtic play early. If Celtic do drop points, which we've seen in recent years, never ever plain sailing when it comes to if Celtic drop points. It's very rare that Rangers capitalise. But yesterday just felt different. Yesterday just felt like Rangers. And under managers before they would have halted in the pressure. We've seen it in the past, but yesterday it just felt a big day.
1: No, full agreement. Like this season, obviously, we were playing mostly on Sundays through the Europa League. There have not been many opportunities Celtic have played before us, so it was obviously huge, that result, earlier on. And then, like you say, in previous times, we've normally crumbled under that pressure, but there was definitely a different atmosphere before yesterday's game. There was kind of an expectancy to catch up instead of, like, oh no, they've dropped points, like, this is... It's always must win, but it then becomes like you need to win it even more. Like every game's obviously like that just now, but yesterday they just felt, they just felt confident for the first time in a while that we were just going to go out and do the business. Then kind of we're on the front front foot from the first minute and never really lay up. It quite a nice feeling actually.
0: Got before the game, obviously there was Celtic drew one one, the vibes around Celtic Park at the moment are not good as you can tell all you need to do is look at my Twitter and find that out because you might have seen the the trouble I get into but there is a big difference in terms of the overall feeling and I think that's I've thought this for the minute Clement came in like we would see under previous managers if for example always go back to last season the, the Aberdeen game I can't remember who Celtic got points to that weekend Rangers went to Patoje and you just didn't have the confidence that they would go and do it. And obviously, uh, Rangers get beat. But just under Clement, there's just felt a bit of a grounded atmosphere that Rangers can capitalise. And if we had said, and we've we've spoken about this a lot, if we had said before Clement came in that at the start of February, Rangers had the chance to go top of the table and have lost to Celtic twice... You wouldn't have believed it, but just, I think, the manager, the way he's went about it, the way the the squad just looks in a bit better order despite having a billion injuries, it just feels a bit more like this is a squad that can actually push Celtic. They might not win the league. We we, we might just say that now, but there's a feeling that they can, and that's something we wouldn't have spoken about two months ago.
2: A hundred percent, Scott. I think they mentality shift for winning the League Cup has been massive for players co since to start with. Come on, come in and he's instilled a, a mentality that's just... It, it It's like a machine that just keeps churning out results every single week. They're relentless. They're absolutely relentless. And I thought it spells through a game yesterday. Rangers played their best fat bonder. Come on, obviously, going to get a game later on. But in terms of mentality, I mean, you've seen signs of it earlier on in the season when Daniil scored that last-minute winner against Hearts. That felt like quite a big moment. We went to Dumbarton after the winter break. We disposed of them relatively comfortably. We went to Hibs. Even last week when we touched this Saint Murn game, I thought it was a relatively comfortable 1-0 performance. You just feel good about Rangers, especially at just back. I mean, that's another clean sheet yesterday. Um, in title-winning title teams are, are built around a good defence.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think well, the, the thing with the opponent yesterday was, obviously Livingston did not register a shot or even a any sort. I think they'd only maybe had five touches in the opposition box, I think a Livingston fan told me that today. But that that is... It, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Guy, I thought yesterday as well, before the team was announced, I thought it was really interesting that, that there was a bit of rotation. Obviously, we saw the lights of Ryan Jack coming in, Borna Barisic was in, Rabi Matondo, Silva started ahead of Dessers. And we have spoke a lot about the, the injuries and the real lack of a, a squad and being able to keep the squad balanced. Yesterday... Before the when the team got announced, you just felt there's there's time to do that. There's a lot of games coming up. It's a perfect time, perfect opponents, in my opinion, to try other stuff, get give other people opportunities and that's what you want with a squad and that's what if you're going to challenge for a league, you need to make that count.
1: No, hundred percent, mate. And you obviously seen since as as the lineup came out, yesterday it was the usual like why do we need Jack and Munstrom kinda sitting in there? But you look at the bench and what's what's the alternative? Like I'm not sure Lawrence is quite ready for the full 90 minutes yet. He obviously got good minutes in the legs yesterday when he comes on. This that would be a wee bit more attacking. He kind of drives forward a bit more. But like, it wasn't a defensive performance at all yesterday. Like you wouldn't have noticed if you didn't know it was Jack and Munson. You wouldn't have said, "Oh, there's two holding players in there." Like Jack had a couple of those really punchy passes through the lines, and it just felt like you say we need to we need to rotate now. We need to use the squad. Like, this is this is what we've got now. I know some fans kind of wanted five or six bodies in in January, but it was never going to happen after the outlay. So it's about getting used to the players that we've got now. Like, that was one of the most comfortable performances I've seen in a while yesterday. And, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen some tweets saying, that, like, that 11 was one of the worst that people could think of to put out. And just look at how good a performance it was. Now you get good minutes... Obviously, for someone like Lawrence, who's a good run out for Silva, obviously managed to get his goal. Then we got to see a bit of Cortez as well. So it was a rotated side, but you wouldn't have known that it wasn't a first-choice side. They're the kind of best eleven living that Clermont could put out with how easy the game was.
0: Scott, 22 minutes in, Leon Bargan gets a head knock, John Suter comes in, and I think the whole back five, and I'm including like Barisic and Tavernier, I think Tavernier... Was able to get a lot more further forward. I don't remember Tavernier really kind of having to to go beyond the halfway. line. do you know what I mean? Like, it was it was Aye. kind of beyond the halfway line a lot of the afternoon. That I, I just think in terms of the defence, we even sort coming back in. There was just there was really nothing for them to do.
2: No, no, that wasn't no, that wasn't no, it. Not yesterday. Um, it was a relatively quiet performance for Jack Butland as well. He must have been kind of. Looking for something to date, to be honest. It looked quite um quite a hard, a hard afternoon fruity, keeper. It's good to see John Souter get more minutes in the legs as well. Um keep a partnership with Connor Golden kinda of nice and fresh. Thought they had a good game away last week at St. Mun. So it's good to see that continuing as well. In defence we've not really got a major issue eh? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think as
0: well, people know my opinions about that. I think if you're able to rotate Bon and Yilmaz for certain games I think it's going to be important. I think yesterday Kai was saw like so he was able to just do what he was good at and not like no worry about what he's bad at. He was able just to pin crosses in probably a lot more in the first half than we thought because I thought for the first kind of 25 30 minutes there was a lot of you kind of, know decent build up play but there was just wasn't enough kind of penetration but you were just happy to see like, I that. I thought particularly the two wingers. I thought McCausland was really good yesterday. I thought he was able to to be a bit more tenacious and get get forward, be able to kind of link up. I thought he linked up pretty well with Cantwell on several occasions. I thought Matondo was the same, but you were just kind of thinking that first half hour, the goal it was just when's it coming, and that that again kind of leads up to something with Cantwell also. I, th- I did think it a good game, but the kind of first half hour, you were just thinking there's no really much in the way of kind of really threatening Livingston's defence.
1: No, nah, we were obviously really comfortable because they weren't pushing forward at all with the ball in their half most of the time. It's just, it's hard to try and break down, isn't it? It doesn't matter kind of who you put in there. Like with all the men behind the ball, it's it's solid for any team to break down. So that's why it's maybe good, the start of the game to have Barris there because at least if you get the ball into the box, then you get a break or the ball falls the right way, the wrong way for them, and you can have a half chance. It's maybe not the game to have Ridvan kind of doing those kind of cutting runs inside, everything's so congested in there, but you don't need yeah. more players in there. I think you've seen that with Matondo quite a few times. He was obviously really keen to get inside, try and get a shot away, but obviously is where he got the goal eventually. But the first couple of times he done, it, there's so many bodies in there that it's, it's difficult to do and it's the same with I think McCausland likes to cut in I really I really love his link up play like I know he's got I think the criticism of it was quite harsh yeah like just because he's not had a few goals and he's now got the couple of assists but he's really positive on the ball tries to get forward They never hides and like the one touch stuff's great I think that's the advantage he's got kind of over Matondo like Matondo's quicker it's maybe defenders probably hate playing against Matondo more but like that link-up play, especially where like McCausland and Cantwell and Tavernier, like on that right side, like some of the stuff they played was really nice. Some nice one-touch stuff, and it's something we've not seen a lot. So it's nice to kind of see that. Obviously, I didn't I amount too much in the first half, but we're not going to be playing against that. Every game, there's going to be some teams we play against that's a bit more open, and that stuff will just cut teams open. And it's, like I said, something we've not kind of seen a lot at the end of last season, the start of the season. So it's nice to see some actual decent-looking football.
0: Yeah, and Scott, obviously the first goal comes and I, I want to kind of single out Fabio Silva. I thought, again, we've kind of, kind of went round the mill already as he, he an out-and-out out number nine? Is he more of a kind of new style, kind of false nine type of player who's going to link up play? And I, I thought yesterday was a good mix of both. I thought at times he was his movement was very, very good. I thought at times he was... I thought some of the stuff with him and Cantwell I thought was very, very good. The thing with Selvaz is that you can tell for the money he's went for, there's a really talented player there. And he's going to be a massive player for the next few months. But he's going to... Obviously, I think he's going to be more for certain games. Like I think yesterday, perfect game for him to, to really kind of make a mark and, and takes his goal well. Obviously, he gets a bit of luck. But just some of the touches, just some of the... the the kind of way linked up with certain players, it just... A lot of people were saying, like, and I know you were one of them. Obviously, Rangers need a Rangers need an out now goal scorer. I think with Silver we've got somebody who I I wouldn't be surprised if Silva gets something like seven or eight goals. But they might come the. They might not be like four goals here and then you might not see them for another. It'll be probably just fleeting goals here and there. But they could make all the difference. And I, I do. I thought yesterday was was a perfect game for Silva.
2: See, for some days, not played much football coming into. Eh? Like, coming into the Rangers team I think it was a shot he had in the second half where the ball kind of flicked up and he tried to kind of overhead it overhead kick it or an overhead side kick kind of thing mm. and it just flowed past the post that showed me boys has got confidence in his ability he's going to be an absolute game changer he can, like he says it does kind of strike me as like in a false nine complete forward type role Um, I think he has got a wee bit of everything and seeing who looking at it I think that's I think that's going to be Come on style of striker. I think that's what Come On's looking for, even if you watch Cyril Desserts when, when he starts, he's trying to get involved more from a kind of deeper role, <clears throat> which is probably why we've not seen it, an out-and-out number nine come in, because Come On's looking goals for all over the park. And it helped just at the at the when he was interchanging with Canwell, looked relatively good. Um, it built up to the... The third goal really, really impressed me when Campbell knocked the ball out of McCausland and McCausland almost first time put it back in the box for Campbell to finish. I mean, the ball was just so much more affected. What I also noticed yesterday was the speed of ball boys were getting the balls back on the parker. It showed you that Cummins looking... He's starting to stamp his own ideas in this team now. But in terms of Silver, I think he's going to be really, really important for new to end of the season. Kai, does Silver's performance yesterday you
0: kind know- of... No eliminate, because I think we all thought Rangers need a number nine and a, a real kind of poacher-style number nine. But when you see the performance of Silva yesterday and the way that Clement put him in and put him in, in a game like that, where Dessers has been in really good form, obviously scoring goals out four in a row. But he threw Silva in and Silva gets his gets his goal. Does that kind of eliminate the worry that, or to, to really challenge for the title, Rangers need an out-and-out, Shanklin type striker?
1: I think in a, the narrative around, because obviously Silva himself, I don't know if it was his first interview or whatever, came out and said, I'm not a natural number nine, but I feel like a lot of people are confusing that with, I'm not a striker. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, what he means is he's not going to be a nine that just sits in the penalty spot and tries yeah. to get goals. Because I like think people are like spinning this in there, or he's saying he's not a striker, so he needs to be a number ten, he needs to be a left winger. He's just saying, like Scott said, he's more like a false nine, a complete forward, but he'll get. They'll maybe get those seven, eight goals, but he's probably going to get a couple of assists in there as well. Like, he, he offers a lot, he holds the ball well. Like, he's he's a lot quicker than I thought I was actually, CCing him, like, sprinting and chasing down. Like, he's quicker than I kind of thought he was. Like, technically, he's, he's probably a level above a lot of what we have. Like, you can just see the touch, the way he brings the ball down. He's intelligent in the way he moves. You just obviously need. That's the thing that is what Clement's looking for. He's looking for the midfield to gonna kind of get forward and get some goals. Like Silva's gonna get a winger and in, wingers involved as well, so we need them to chip in the goals. He's not gonna be a 30 goal a season striker, but maybe like Scott said as well, maybe that's what Clement wants. He maybe doesn't want the Lawrence Shanklin type. He wants a player like Fabio Silva that's gonna be able to take the ball and hold it up. Cause we've got creative players. Like there's players out wide, there's players like Lawrence and Cantwell that can provide goals just we need them to actually do it. And obviously Cantwell's things at four and six recently. So he's getting into goal scoring form. on though, got his goal yesterday. Hopefully, kind of McCausland and now Cortez kind of chip in with that as well. So I think that's that has been been really saying what he's looking for. The fact that they've not went out and signed what would be an actual poacher like the Shanklin kind of Chris Boyd. It's maybe just not how the manager sees the striker position what he wants from it.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I think, obviously, Scott with the second goal as well, just before halftime, I thought the two goals really just armed the nerves of the, the fans as well. I thought there was a massive release relief at halftime for a lot of supporters. And it just, you did feel that. And I thought the second goal, obviously, Matondo, Kai rightly points out, cuts in onto the, his kind of right-hand side. And I thought, took his goal well, obviously gets a lot of luck. But Matondo coming in... I don't. I think Matondo's not going to be a player who... You're not going to see Matondo start every single game between now and the end of the season, but he's going to get chances because there's no many... Even with likes of Cortes coming in, there's no a lot of width, and he's going to get chances. And whether you get a, a bit of luck or not, to get that goal, I think he's a player who uses his pace very well, but when he gets chances, he's usually his final ball can really let him down. His decision-making is not always the best, but... Yesterday, that, that goal could just be a, a massive kind of motivation for him to, to take his chance again. Aye, definitely, definitely.
2: I thought what but, but on, was trying to do yesterday with Matondo countless times, i seen players doubling up on him. And then passing ball, Rangers would kind of switch it playing and eventually switch it back around to him when he was one-on-one. A few times i seen Tavernier playing a long, direct diagonal to him when he was one-on-one with Livingston's right-back. So that to me is probably the best way to try and utilise because he's got to burn. He can, he can beat a player. I thought he took his goal relatively well yesterday. Obviously, it's a deflection, but it's a goal. I was I mean, I was thinking back last night to the kind of... The amazing run Matondo Tondo went on our way to PSV. You see, they want knocked the ball by a few players and knocked off the bar. I mean, there is potentially. There's bags here. <clears throat> I just hope that this is his, his chance now he's going to come in and sort of nail this position down because didn't even crossed my mind yesterday, Scott, when I seen him score, I thought, could they maybe come in and kinda of not fill the void left by Seymour, in terms of his goals, but if he can create goals and be important in the build up play, then we're not gonna completely miss Seymour. I mean, when the injury when injury comes through, you're thinking that's that's a good five, six goals for new end of the season you're missing out on. But mm-hmm. what I seen
0: yesterday, my tondo could easily make it up. Yeah, and I think it is just about how he, he's just... I, I think if his decision-making is better, I think he could fill I, that team, my boy. But I think that is the, the big thing. Kai, I thought it was interesting, obviously, the second half with the extra sub, but he didn't make any changes straight for half-time. He let it kind of go for, for 15 minutes, but obviously the third goal comes in, and I thought it was a really good bit of link-up play. I think Jack's role in that goal well, has been very much underestimated. I thought Jack, McCausland and Cantwell all deserve a lot of credit for this. And... When when I talk about winning the weekend, I, I don't just mean getting the points. It's gaining goal difference as well. And it impressed me that as soon as it was 2-0, you thought, Livingston on the offer and anything, 2-0, we'll take it and let's just go. But there was, you could see for the get-go, there was a chance they wanted more goals. And looking at the goal difference, the goal difference has been completely ridiculous for the past two seasons, and it's probably been an extra three points in a lot of the, the title races. But that this year... I mean, it's down to, I think it's two and they've obviously got the chance to make up on Tuesday before Celtic playing Wednesday. That third goal I really liked, but I just liked the overall getting out at 2-0 at half time and trying to go and get more goals. And that was probably what kind of, I thought that goal was perfect for that.
1: Something I've not really been used to seeing, like you say, we'll go 2-0 up and even if it's 10-0 up at home, we'll just kind of sit back. But that didn't even happen when we got the third goal yesterday. Like I tweeted out yesterday that we made the triple sub, like when was the last time when we were that comfortable in a game, you seen us make three attacking subs. Mm-hmm. Like I, I genuinely struggle to remember that, like bringing on, obviously, Redvan, he's probably better at that time in the game. Defenders are a bit more tired, they're not holding their shape as well. It's kind of more better suited to him, kind of driving inside we've seen obviously had, whether it was a cross or a shot, only he probably knows, but he gets that chance because he's got the space at that point, whereas he probably wouldn't have had that in the first half. Obviously, Lawrence comes on, playing that bit deeper, but it's still an attacking sub And we got to see Cortez, like I, I genuinely can't remember, being comfortable in a game and not sitting back after it. We obviously didn't get the fourth goal, but we're still going for it. There was still a few half-chances here and there. But they still kept pushing, still kept going for it. And like you say, it's it's really great to see because we've not seen it in previous seasons. And it probably would have been if kind of... the. The point tally was closer in previous seasons. The goal difference with a with have pushed them that bit further ahead as well. Whereas obviously not scored as many, but we've con- I think we've conceded four goals less. I think yeah at this point. And then if we win, if we manage to win by three in Tuesday night, it takes us takes us top by a goal. So really encouraging signs that we're actually pushing for the extra goals instead of just being happy with our two 0
0: Yeah, and I think that's important, obviously, in the the next few weeks as well when. Scott, I obviously bring in we we saw the introduction of Oscar Cortez he came on from the in that triple change. And I thought he's obviously been a player who's kind of struggled for for games at lawns, but you saw straight away he was direct. He I thought some of his touches were very good. And you can just tell that he's a player who's going to have a lot of pace. And I, I think it's gonna kind of be interesting how they how Clement uses him in the next even next few games because you've got air coming up at Aberdeen will probably, I, I don't think he'll start. I'd, I'd like to see him start against there. get a few, like, a, a, kind of 60 minutes under his belt. You might see Diamande as well. But he's the sort of player you can tell just looking at him that he's going to be, no matter what winglet, like Matondo, you can tell he's much better on the left. McCausland, I, I think he's obviously better on the right. I think Cortez can do both.
2: Aye, definitely. Definitely. Um, what I like about him is he's a, he's a completely different style of winger that we've got in a club. We've got my Coslin, we've got my Tondo, who are more kind of pace and ball carriers. Whereas Cortez seems really, really good at shaping up to a defender when he's got the ball at his feet. Um when it comes to beating his man, a good bit of physicality about him, he's got a bit of speed. Seems to be what we have seen yesterday, is is quite promising going forward. Hopefully he can have a big impact for now the end of the season. Yeah, I thought it
0: was interesting, obviously, with Cortez that he was it was no fear to take defenders on. I think a lot of the defenders were struggling with with the pace of Matondo first half, but I don't think Matondo was really doing well at taking a man on. I think it's always been a weakness in his game, but all, almost straight away you could tell after five minutes that Cortez it was not fear to do that. And as Scott mentioned, that it, it looks uh, for the height of him, it looks very physical.
1: I know, like, when you consider even just the build to him in Matondo, like, I didn't realise until I seen, I think it was the pictures of him, like, he's he's quite built, mm-hmm. he looks quite sturdy. So he's obviously going to be strong going against defenders. He was willing to go inside and outside, which I think sometimes with Matondo, like, the defenders know he's going to try and go inside and get a shot away. So I think he had three attempts at that before he eventually got his goal, but Cortez seemed kind of comfortable going inside and outside. But he's obviously got away from his man and he got that cross in for the kind of chance Silva had that Scott mentioned earlier, which if if that went in, probably would have been one of my favourite goals of the season. Like Cortez obviously does well to beat his man, gets a decent ball across a great touch to set himself up from Silva. He's back to goal. I think it was another time as well he cut in. He was kind of more central and he tried to play a dink ball over to Cantwell. and It was just a wee bit too high. Cantwell tried to control it on his head and it just went out. But just even the vision there, to kind of see that pass as something we probably wouldn't see from, like even Matondo at least. So encouraging signs, it'll be good to see a wee bit more of because I think there was a lot of hype coming from from South America when we were going to sign them. So I think there's a lot of people kind of that focus on football in that area that were disappointed by how it's went down at once. Like I still it's still confuses me why they signed them. They don't play with wingers and that's... That's where he plays, and that's obviously limited his time. So hopefully, we can see kind of more in the next couple of games and see what he's properly made of.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think that that is it as well. We're going to see more of him. We're going to see a bit more in terms of the what the manager wants to do. He obviously, I think anybody in the planet would have looked at Rangers Moran and said there's absolutely no words there, and he's he's been able to obviously bring in McCausland. and he's at Cortez. I want to touch on Diamandi maybe in a minute because I think there's something maybe interesting about how he might be used, Kai. I might I might touch up with you when we talk about the window. But, Scott, overall, just a, a 3-0 victory, as comfortable as it gets. I thought the manager's post-match comments were very interesting because obviously he was asked, did you care about the result beforehand? And he said no. He was very direct that I focus on my side. And I, I think that's... You can tell that that's the case. Managers will say that, but I, I really do believe it with Clement, and I thought he, his comments as well, he said we're not our maximum. I think he said something like, I want my players in, in their toes all the time and not thinking about other teams. And Rangers players and even fans and obviously managers, probably managers more than anybody, have felt a massive pressure whenever Celtic drop points. I don't think that's manager does. And that, I think, is going to be the big difference if Rangers are to make a go of this. They've got the manager there. I think that's one of the big reasons you're seeing the kind of upset across the city. The manager, I think, has just given a vision to the whole atmosphere around Ibrox. And I, I just think yesterday's a perfect example. It's a poor opposition, we know that. This Livingston side are not going to win the Premiership next season. But that would have probably made it harder for Rangers maybe this time last year. Whereas you've got a manager now who just doesn't have any qualms about how he's approaching games.
2: No, definitely not. In terms of Come on's pressure, it goes back to the whole mentality thing again. Come on's very dignified in his approach to everything and that's what we need as a Rangers manager. That's what we've all been used to kind of growing up. Um in terms of being a, a certain standard and too, too often through years, Rangers players have come out and gave daft quotes away that's, that's fired Celtic up and then we've went and got hammered. After more, back combated by it somewhere or the other. but well, business is getting kept in-house. And the way we've done our business in transfer window shows that. Yesterday's performance was just, as I say, it was relentless. It was non-stop. It, even the pace the ball was coming back into the park. I thought the set pieces was really interesting yesterday. Tavernier looked any time as if he was taking a corner he was trying to score from it. He
1: mm-hmm.
2: was sticking it right in on top of their keeper. Um, so, come on, so ideas are starting to come to fruition. And the way he, he, he handles himself in press conferences is starting to rub off on the players. So, it's, so it's, it's all pretty positive going forward. And the mentality is going to be massive now at the end of the season. Guy,
0: okay, before we get into the window, just start a final thing. I just want to touch on the stats. 77% possession, 32 shots, 14 corners. I mean, it was, as Scott said, it was relentless. But that, that to me, is, again, a manager who just sees that this is growing for the first time in a long, long time. And I thought that's probably the first time I thought this was Livingston away, where Rangers don't really, haven't really done routine. It's always been either a slog to watch or it's always been quite high kind of pressure and the fans probably more than anybody. But yesterday was just so simple. Once that first goal went in, you thought you, there was never any doubt. And that's all down to a good
1: manager. I know I fully agree and I think one of the big things is like in the nicest way possibly it doesn't give teams like Livingston any respect. Like I feel like we've been very guilty under Beal under Van Bronkhorst over overthinking it mm-hmm. instead of thinking like this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this in the game do that in the game they're going to have to deal with us. It was always what are they going to do? We'll deal with what they're doing and then we'll focus on us. Like Clement's got kind of no respect for them in that way and this is my game plan this is what we are going to do whatever they do in game we'll deal with it but we're not going to worry about that right now you're like, going, going to get out there do what I tell you and we're going to win these games and I think that's the biggest difference because how many times over the last couple of years we looked at games and we're like why are we letting them have so much of the ball Like we're just standing back and watching and giving teams so much respect and we shouldn't it's that's that felt like a proper Rangers performance. Like we are gonna do what we're gonna do. You stop us. Like we're not worried about what you're gonna do, but you need to stop us, and obviously Libby had no chance of doing that. No shots. And like I say, it's just that that lack of respect, and not obviously in an offensive way, but not giving them the chance to kind of go with their game plan. Yeah. We just impart our game plan on them and make them deal with it. Right, that leads
0: us on to to talking about the overall complexion of the side after the transfer window. We've seen, obviously, Fabio Silva come in, Diamandis come in and loan that's going to be made permanent. Cortez is in. We thought we'd maybe get more. We thought we were obviously going to get hefty. That didn't work out. We were thinking maybe a striker. But, Scott, overall, in terms of the window, the way business was done, the... The fact that no, a lot of money has been spent and you've been able to get three players who I think are probably going to go straight in as first-teamers. I I think overall, with the exception, I think we all wanted a striker, we all wanted that number nine. I think the window in terms of a first window for the new management team, the first window for the new director of recruitment, probably went as well as you could have hoped in paper.
2: Aye, definitely, definitely. See with Fabio Silva, he's going to come in and make make an improvement. The The boys just got ability and he's going to come in and show it. I think the Scottish League's going to be a very good platform for him to get some confidence in. Oscar Cortez comes in, he's, some, he's going to bring something a wee bit different, which we've seen yesterday, mm. to, what we've all, to what we've already got. it's going to bring a bit of variety of a play. And Monday, it's, it's hard to judge it, but I think he's going to sit in that kind of left side there the two in midfield and bring a, bring a bit of balance because he's left foot. That's what I'm assuming he's going to do. But um, yeah, He's definitely a positive window going forward. I just hope they not bringing a striker in is back up or even someday, runs a real course is not going to come back to bite us because if we're, we're a suspension and injury away to to Silva and Desil's to having a real problem in my hands, unless maybe come on knows something that seems not as far off as documented or maybe Daniel's getting a wee bit closer. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I think that's obviously something we'll we'll kind of figure out kind of down the line, but. Kai, I wanted to touch on you with Diamandi because I was I was speaking to uh I was actually speaking to a New Zealand fan and he said there was occasions where Diamande would kind of move into a right side position and kind of play with kind of be one of those players that would cut in. And I think we we might see, I don't know about you, you've obviously you're obviously somebody that's far better with stats and looking at kind of analytics and scouting more than me, but I think with Diamandi, I wouldn't be overly surprised if times where you could see him kind of playing that the way Gerard maybe used these wide players that it would be kind of tuck in number 10s. I wouldn't be overly surprised if that's what Diamandi's going to do for, for a few months, just to until maybe the summer where you're able to get a, a bit more in the wide wide areas. I think that would be something I would like if that's what they're going to do.
1: Let's see, just before I talk about Diamandi, just like looking at the transfer when there was a whole, like when. Obviously, after the demanding court transfer, when was the last time there was any kind of like hype from out with their own fan base about players? Like, when was the last time with like journalists and people that cover kind of those areas coming in and like, oh, that's that's a great signing, or like other clubs worried about us signing those players or wishing that their clubs had went for it, yeah. it didn't happen this summer. <laughs> it no. definitely wasn't happening this summer. And I can't remember the last time there was that. Diamandi's obviously hyped because of the whole like, right to Dream Academy, straight to Norgia and the kind of success Kudus has had. Anybody that's played football manager kind of knows how he pans out there. But I can't remember the last time we had that kind of hype around the transfers and obviously the recruitment team done a complete 180 on what we were doing with transfers. So I think that's impressive and it's... Diamandi like, he's played, when he first came over, he kind of played left-back, he's played... Kind of as deep as a six all the way through to an eight and a ten, he's also played kind of on the left wing. Like you say, could be used as that way can kind of rebo works. Yeah. But I thought what might be quite an interesting dynamic is if he does play as a left sided eight, him drifting out into that wide area would let the winger come inside. Mm-hmm. So you're creating space but still having a player fill up. Obviously, if you're playing with Edfan, he makes that kind of diagonal run through the middle. You'd have your winger cut inside and you still have the overlap with the because he's kind of got the capabilities to play out there. So I think it's it's going to be interesting where he's used, because last season for and they kind of played more as a 10, and they've dropped him back this season. Yeah, Like I said before that, he's played played left wing, played left back. I don't see him going back to left back. I don't see that ever being a thing. But I think there's maybe more of a chance that we'd play him as that left side of eight and see him drift out into that area and kind of occupy that to let, if it's Matondo or Cortez come inside and kind of cause more damage through the middle. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I think that that's kinda of something I, I kinda of took away as well was he's somebody obviously when was the last time Rangers had a left footed midfielder that was able to be a bit direct? I kinda of think I kinda of think off the top of my head that bit Scott, I think I touched on something interesting. That the overall shift in the recruitment strategy and I think that's something you you kinda of touched on in that a piece that's gonna go later this week. Rangers' recruitment in the summer was either this guy if we can get this guy in and we can get him fit, he's going to be a good player. Or I saw this guy five years ago in a youth game and he's lost his way, let's get him back in. Whereas now, as mm-hmm. Kai says, there's a bit of something that's not been used. I don't think a while scouting. You're scouting to see... Let Yes, it might be a big outlay. Dear man, is a lot of money for what Rangers need. I, I get that. But surely... If you do a bit of scouting and you, you've got a bit of forward vision, you can see that if it's going to be, what, four million quid, that could be five, That could be at least two times that come two years if you use this guy, right? use him in a decent position, keep him fat, use him the best way. Rangers' recruitment has been so poor, and just an overall shift in the, the January window with the, the profile that Rangers have, have brought in is just so much different to me.
2: Aye, definitely, definitely. I think what I had said, I've voiced this many times before, is that my concern about shopping in these markets is the lack of experience they've got with the demands at work club and playing in the Scottish game, because it's, we've seen it with Sifu it's a complete culture change for these guys. Um, but what I like about it is we've, we've seen two players, say Cortez and Diamante are both coming in the summer. They've already got three, four months under their belt. We're seeing if fruits are. Cyril Dessers, he's come into some good form now. He knows the Scottish game, knows how to score goals in the Scottish game. He's took his time to settle, but he's, he seems to have settled. Um. So getting these guys in now and bringing them in to which, what's exciting times for Rangers is going to bode well going forward, especially because we, we're, we seem to be doing more recruitment in short spells. I mean, we've seen two players that are going to come in and come in permanently in the summer. <clears throat> so that's two that already know the club, whereas we could go and get another two or three in the summer with, with certain ones going out that's, that's going to benefit Rangers even more going forward. So I think as long as, long as we stick to that base of players that know how to kind of introduce these guys to the group and bring them in properly and show them how things are done, then I don't think shopping in these markets is going to be a bad thing. It's going to actually be really, really good for the player trading model. I think the biggest thing out of January for me was Jack Butlin's It was massive. It's absolutely massive. Gone all the times that we would have sold him and just put Robin McCrory and go to the end of the season. So that's probably the biggest statement of intent for me is rejecting that offer for Nottingham Forest.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, kind of, there was a chat of Destor's leaving as well. It never really came to fruition. But clearly in terms of incomings, like, I, I think probably with the Jeffy top more than anyone, there's clearly a profile of a player Clément wants. I looked, done a bit of digging a couple of days ago and he's clearly got a notion of kind of looking towards that African kind of South American market. But what interests me is he'll get them after they've they've done a bit of time in Europe. He won't go straight and get them from South America. He won't, like, do you know what I mean? Hefty had a bit of time at Applewell before he was obviously going to come to the I think that'll be something they'll, they'll explore again in the summer. But he's clearly looked at Diamandi maybe two seasons ago and said, or Copping as well, and thought, right, let's get him. Let's see what he's like after he's he's done a bit of an apprenticeship in a decent league, at the Danish league, and then we'll go and get him. That's that that's just brilliant forward thinking to me. That's that's a bit of due diligence of, right, this guy clearly has made that leap. He can go and make another one, and we're the place to do it. And I, I really like, and I've looked at this as well, Clermont has clearly got a vision of what he wants to do with players. And it opens you up to so many different markets that Rangers have not used in years.
1: No, I agree, mate. It's, it's an interesting one because I don't think we expected the kind of shift so quickly, mm-hmm. like over one window to completely go from, it was kind of like you say, players that hadn't found their way or players that had lost their way that kind of be was looking at to just completely go, right, well, obviously come on and mention the player trading model and it was pretty much non-existent and they were looking at bringing in a couple of guys if we get hefty in as well, it's two 20-year-olds and a 22-year-old that have kind of come in through the door. Yeah. For the DM a hefty outlet, four million, but like in the summer it was rumoured that Leipzig and Union Berlin were looking at them. And if you look at how good their recruitment is, like... Union Bill have been really smart with our recruitment recently. Like a deal they made, I was really impressed with. They sold obviously Becca to Solcedad for like 10 million and they went and bought the boy Bedea that played for Sorbet that's had a really good season for a million. Like they just they do their business really well. They obviously swooped in to get Doki when we thought we were going to get him. Like they've done really still good business haunt me, in like Still haunt me. <laughs> still. Especially some of the money they've talked about him going for. That 20 25 million for his next move, but they've just they do their business really well. off clubs like that are looking at the Amanda. it's good that we've kind of just been like, nah, he's he's going to be our player. They'd obviously identified him previously to coming into Rangers, and it's it's really encouraging. They've just put their foot down and thought, This is this is a guy when no one thought I said I'm a business of priority. Like, are we going to see if we end up selling him for 10 15 million or a few years down the line? Are we going to look back and go didn't think I said that we should have got a centre amid that window. Like it's obviously his vision and he's decided that this is the guy, this is the guy that the is going on this window. This guy's going to work for us, he's exactly what I want. And I think that's kind of where you need to, so we've got no reason not to trust Clough at this point with what he's done so far. So I think it's encouraging that, like you say, the forward thinking, seeing the vision there and getting in there before other teams do. Right, we've got a game on
0: Tuesday night. The games have come second and fast. I think February could be a massive month for Rangers, and I think this is probably the biggest game of the whole month, and it's obviously Rangers hosting Aberdeen. I don't think it's going to be an Aberdeen side with Neil Warnock in the dugout, as fascinating as that would be. But it's a massive game, obviously. We know Rangers-Aberdeen, two games this season in the league, haven't been in Rangers' favour. And, Scott, we talk about a shift in mentality this is a perfect opportunity to break that Aberdeen duck in the league. Chance to go top if, if things go their way. How do we see it in terms of team rotation? Do we see a lot of rotation or does he maybe stick with what he's what he put out on Saturday? I think it's an interesting you kind know, of look at how he's going to approach this. I
2: think yeah. I'm going to I think you're maybe going to see a wee bit of a wild card where maybe Silver moving out left and Desel's going through middle. I can see him potentially going with two somehow getting them two players in the park. I would prefer <clears> them <throat> just to put Silva in again. Mm-hmm. I think Silva offers him more as a forward player. And I think that'll maybe that'll get Aberdeen guessing as to what, what our actual game plan is if we've got a better player in the park, because Silva clearly is a better player. Um, So what we're interested to see how he lines up, you don't know what, we, what Philippe Clement is going to do next. And everything he's doing is working out. Potentially on the right wing I think do will keep his jersey I think you'll maybe see Lundstrom with Raskin coming in Coming back into the fold Probably the same back four of Barigan's stuff that You'll see Suter coming in Maybe Red Van coming back in again Because we need to go and attack We need to go and attack them Although Aberdeen are good on the counter As we've seen in um, Saturday there We need to go at home We need to go and be on the ascendancy just just pretty much the same again But it'll be interesting to see What come on does with personnel
0: how do you see it? I personally think that we might see Red Van coming back in, and we'd be surprised if Suit kept his kept his place in the side. I think Raskin has been rested for this. I don't think up front he'll change too much, though. I think it could be, I, I think Scott says it could be very interesting because I, I do think this is a a game. We know what Aberdeen are going to do, we know what they thrive on, they'll try and get off they'll try and get Miofsky to to break the two centre halves. I think this is
1: very interesting. I think what probably makes it more interesting, first thing is their performance at the weekend. Like, if they're Aberdeen that turn up in the first half, turn up on Tuesday night, then it's a completely different game with the side that come out in the second half. Yeah. Like, if we play against yeah. that side in the second half, actually, probably fancy our chances more if they come out and be that wee bit more open. Think like, like I said, all the kind of one-touch stuff we're playing now, to open up spaces and players overlapping and interchanging. I think if Aberdeen come and have a go for it, I think we'll be able to pick them apart. I think Silver on the left is something that's really interesting. We obviously see people again talking about that comment where he says he's not like a natural number nine. Like people kind of want to see him that bit deeper. He played out in the left for PSV quite a lot last season, obviously, when Coppin was there. Mm. So I think he's, like I said, I didn't expect him to be as fast as he was. Like I've not seen a lot of moves because he's obviously not played that much. He's got a lot more pace than I thought he, I thought he was and it would actually be quite interesting to see what he brings out on the left-hand side.
0: Right, guys, let's get our prediction. I'm going to go, I'm going to be confident and say it's going to be 3-0 and Rangers will be top of the league for at least 24 hours. I think Celtic will ever, pibs. I just think they will. So I think it's important to set a marker And Tuesday night. Scott, give us a wee score prediction. If Neil Warnock's not in the dugout, it's 4-0 Rangers. If Neil Warnock's in the dugout, that's
2: going to be box office. By the way, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be 2-1 Rangers. It's all about you
0: Neil. Know, I do think he'll be in the ground. I don't think he'll be in the dugout. I, it's amazing, I think it's going to be good. I, I, I think it I will be good as well. Kai, gives a prediction. Rangers-Aberdeen on Tuesday night. Three yeah.
1: would have been mine as well, mate. they I'll say 3-0 Rangers. Pretty comfortable one again, I think Warnock is going to be pure box office. I said earlier on that I think he's the only he's the only manager that I'm all for He did mic'd up during the game. Like, I am all for them making up Neil Warnock for every single game he's hearing listening to what that man has to say. 100% all for it.
0: Apparently we can't do it, though. The SFA don't let us, but I think it would be. I, I think it would be more value for money than Fury Usyk. Honestly, I, I would pay 25 quid for that. Honestly, brilliant. I ain't been for paying Guy, before we finish up, you've obviously, if anybody hasn't followed the Rangers journal on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, follow it because it is one of the most informative Rangers pages out there. But you're launching a YouTube channel?
1: i don't for the compliment, but I, like Scott says, if you want to see mostly random player profiles because we didn't go for anybody that I suggested in the summer, unfortunately. Miles Coppin's clearly not following me on Twitter, but we'll see how that goes. But I know, like, when we're linked to anyone who can do profiles of those players, we'll get articles up in the blog. But I've just started on YouTube last week, so at this point, it's just going to be kind of a weekly roundup of everything that's happened. in The World of Rangers. First one went up in Friday. There, just kind of looked at the transfer window. It's done relatively well. Like I said, it's first time I've ever kind of done anything solo on the camera, so it's, it's a lot more challenging than probably like like being tonight speaking with you two guys it's about a completely different experience so the first one's up and then i'm going to be doing another video this week i've got a pretty exciting guest coming on so excited for that and if you're interested in that it's just same as it is on twitter and facebook it's just of the rangers channel on youtube no
0: as it's one of the best pages in rangers related in terms of what i know we were doing a, like we were messaging each other probably every day during the January window that if we'd heard any, anything we much, were man. messaging each other and we were getting links about players and I, I thought it was really good and I would say yeah absolutely follow Kai's channel on Twitter and YouTube as well obviously one of the best pages I think one of the best pages of football for me and honestly I'm not just saying that to big you up I really do yeah. believe that Scotty you've obviously got a piece coming out on the the channel on Tuesday but you'll be looking at can, um, an official can, uh, post-mortem of the window so that that's another thing as well give that a wee plug
2: a hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm starting to get back into my writing them I'm my podcasting again. So um I'm enjoying getting back into it. There's been a couple that's been putting the gallon few patrons as well. Um so I
0: am looking forward to see the feedback I get on my piece for you on yeah, Tuesdays Yeah, you always do well, mate. It's been a pleasure to have both of you on and talk about all things Rangers. First of all, to Kai, best of luck, mate, and thank you very much for for coming
1: on. So, well, I'll make sure it's not as long the next time and not as difficult to kind of get something sorted. but no oh, it's nah, right. a great thing a pleasure mate off.
0: thank you and to Scott Mackay thanks very much as always mate Oh, thanks Scott cheers brilliant thank you very much to everyone who's tuned in folks if you want more Scottish football content then subscribe to our Patreon channel and I'll be back on Tuesday night I'll do the return of the post-match videos they'll drop after the Aberdeen game and obviously player ratings will drop and things like that and we pieces will be dropping through the week so stay tuned for that thank you very much folks and we'll see you next week